You're listening to the Austin Elite Rugby Supporters Podcast, a podcast created by supporters for supporters of the Austin Elite, a major league rugby team located in Austin, Texas in the United States. We are not officially affiliated with the Elite. We are merely big supporters of the club and the sport of rugby. I'm your host, Dustin. I'm a former rugby player and a longtime rugby fan who wanted to bring weekly updates on the team, the matches, supporter events, and to do what I can to teach more people about the game of rugby. As a disclaimer, content may occasionally contain explicit language, as I do not censor the podcast in the interest of time and full effect. Enjoy the podcast. And welcome to the Austin Elite Rugby Supporters Podcast. It's time once again for your weekly roundup of Austin Elite Rugby. In this week's podcast, we'll take you back to school for your weekly education in our Rugby 101 class. We have another Austin Elite special guest that will join us to talk a little bit of rugby. I'll recap some of the different aspects of the season so far, preview the game coming up against Glendale on Saturday, and give you all some updates on the latest going on with the supporters group. What I've learned in doing this podcast is that there are fans from all over and all levels of rugby knowledge that are listening in. For me, I always get excited to learn that more and more people are becoming fans of the game of rugby here in the U.S. I can tell you that I've seen such a big growth in the sport in the past few years and even the past few weeks with the engagement we have on both the podcast and the supporters group itself. You even have people on Facebook and Twitter like Comedian Josh Prey, who has really just gone viral over some of the rugby videos that he has put out there. And if you haven't seen these videos, I'll put a link in the description. It's quite hilarious, but really it's encouraging to see that Americans are starting to fall in love with rugby. And that encouragement is prevalent at the games and tailgate events that we have. I meet people who tell me that, hey, this is my first match that I've ever seen. Or, man, I love this sport. I will definitely be back again. It's statements like those which really excite me for the future of rugby here in the U.S. With all the first-timers coming out to watch rugby, it's important to know what's going on. Which is why, every week, I try to do my best to educate you in all things rugby. Man, have we learned a lot in the first three episodes of the podcast, but there is so much more we need to learn. So, as your unsanctioned teacher of rugby, sit down, pull out your notebooks and those handy dandy pens and pencils you have. It's time for everyone's beloved class. This is Rugby 101. Last week, we talked about what a lineout was, and we learned about the proper classification for a scrum. I'm still watching you, American football announcers. I will send you to detention if you continue to call things that are not a scrum a scrum. Okay, getting off my soapbox. <laughs> well, this week's lesson in Rugby 101 brings you two more key events in the game of rugby. Now, 
These two events occur during the normal run of play, unlike last week's events. The first is called the Ruck, and during the run of play, a defending player tackles an opponent to the ground. Play continues, and a Ruck may be formed. Immediately upon being brought to the ground, a tackled player must release the ball. Ideally, rolling their body as so they have their back towards the opposing team and then placing the ball on the ground as far back as possible towards their own teammates. Of course, the tackler must correspondingly release their opponent and, amidst all the chaos that's going on, roll away from the tackled player. Basically, you don't want to interfere with the tackled player releasing the ball. Of course, alternatively, a tackled player might pass the ball before they hit the ground for what we call an offload, which can catch the defense by surprise and hit a teammate in good position to gain more territory. Meanwhile, players from both teams sprint to the side of the tackle and, while staying on their feet, can enter by binding onto at least one other player, thus creating a ruck in an attempt to steal over the ball. Now, the offense aims to shield the ball from the defense so that they may pick it up and pass it to one of their other teammates to continue play, while the defense tries to steal the ball by reaching over and grabbing it while on their feet. Players joining a ruck can only do so through what we call the gate, which is entering from directly downfield and not from the side. All non-rucking players must stay behind the backmost foot of each team's last rucking player, or else they will be called for offsides. So, when a player is tackled to the ground, players from each team, usually two or three, will immediately beeline for the grounded player, and the first offensive player to the ruck will enter straight down the middle, aiming ideally to arrive first clear the tackler out of the way with a tackle of their own and establish territory one or two steps beyond where their teammate was tackled and is lying on the ground. The second and potentially third offensive players will aim to arrive just as quickly, driving any defenders out of the way and standing guard on the left and on the right, ideally right on top of the tackled player. This is so the defense cannot get through to the ball. Conversely, the defense will try to arrive at the ruck first, right on top of the tackled player, so as to get close enough to steal the ball before the offense uses it. The best defensive teams will cause a lot of turnovers at the ruck, while the best offensive teams will do their best to limit them. The penalties in a ruck can be awarded for, amongst other things, if a grounded, tackled player doesn't get rid of the ball, this is not releasing, which we've talked about before. Now, if a grounded tackler tries to compete to steal the ball while on the ground, this is called hands in the ruck. Or maybe it doesn't get out of the way fast enough, which is also known as not rolling away. Going to ground in a ruck, joining a ruck from the side, or falling on the ball when in an offside position is often referred to as cynical play. Intentionally collapsing the ruck or fooling the opposition into thinking that the ball has left a ruck is also cynical play, and a penalty will be awarded for that as well. So, 
It's a lot of information right there. The ruck is also referred to as the breakdown. It is probably the most common event that can occur during a rugby game. You will often hear players, coaches, and even fans yelling at players to, quote, ruck over. This means that they want their team to get more players pushing the opposition back off of the ruck to shore up possession. In summary, a player gets tackled, goes to the ground. The person who tackled him must roll away. The person who was tackled must place the ball at the back of the ruck as his players and the opponent's players try to fight for position over top of the ball. Keep an eye out for rucks in this week's game to see who is winning many of the rucks during the match. All right, that should cover the ruck. The next big event that occurs in a rugby match is called the mall. Another way for teams to advance the ball downfield is through this mall. Superficially, it's sort of similar to a scrum. A mall occurs when a ball handler is tackled by an opponent and the ball handler's teammates bind onto him while all the players stay on their feet. If they were tackled, that would have formed a ruck. But while they're all on their feet, and at this point, when three players are involved, a mall is technically formed. And the offense attempts to use their collective strength to charge forward towards their end goal, while the defense attempts to push them back and thwart the offense. The ball handler will carefully hand the ball back off to a teammate at the back of the mall to carry while the mall progresses forward. Players from each team can join the mall in order to assist or impede its forward progress, but again, they can only come through the gate or the back of the mall. Players dropping off a mall can rejoin it, but not from the side. A mall, which gains forward momentum in the favor of the offense, is often referred to as a rolling mall. And this normally occurs where defensive players are overcome by the power and sometimes collective skill of the offense and lose their structure, with individuals falling away and having to rejoin the mall whilst losing territory. So all non-mauling players must stay behind the last foot of each team's last player in the mall, or else they are also considered offsides. Teams can send as many players as you want to bind into the mall, and it's then a test of strength and, just as importantly, technique to collectively shuffle downfield. If an offense is making forward progress, why doesn't the defense just send more and more, more and even more players to the mall in order to stop them? Well, sending too many players into a mall would leave that team outnumbered in the rest of the field, such that the offense might quickly end the mall and pass down the line to find numbers advantage or a physical mismatch for an easy score. An outmatched team might have to pick their poison against a mall attack. If a mall does not make any forward progress five seconds after it's commenced, a scrum will be ordered. Now, there's penalties that occur in malls, and they can award, be awarded for uh, going to ground in a mall. You can't do that. You can't just pull the mall to the ground. Intentionally collapsing, which is another way of stopping a mall. Dragging a player out of the mall, or fooling the opposition to think that the ball has left the mall, are all things that you cannot do. So, once a mall is formed, it is the offensive job to drive them all forward, the defense to try to impede them, 
if the defense pulls the mall to the ground, that'll be a penalty on the defense. You cannot drag a player out of the mall. That also will be a penalty. And you can't try to fool the opposition to thinking that the ball has left the mall because that's just deceptive and, and cynical play as well. I think that's pretty good. We're getting so many important factors in for our rugby education. I do hope that people who are new to the game of rugby feel as though this is a beneficial segment in the podcast. And if you do, please leave a comment for me. I'd love to know that you want me to keep it up. Make sure you join us every week for new aspects of the world of rugby. If you have recommendation about topics to cover, or if you have general questions, just write them in the comment section of wherever you listen to the podcast. Your fourth lesson in Rugby 101 is now over. Class dismissed. This week, I was lucky enough to interview one of the elite players for the first time in person. And following a trip, a few of them took to a local school to teach kids about rugby. I want to apologize as we were interviewing inside a gymnasium. And so the audio quality is not as good as I would have liked to have. But nevertheless, I hope you enjoy. Here's the interview. If you're new to the podcast, every week I invite one of the elite players on to talk to us about rugby. And I asked people on our Facebook page this week who they wanted to have join us for the supporters group interview. As always, I listen to our fans and I listen to the listeners. We have Austin elite flanker Kyle Breitenbach joining us today. Kyle, thanks for joining us for the podcast this week. Thanks, Dustin. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. As with all players who come onto the podcast, people want to know who Kyle is. So, Kyle, please tell us your deepest, darkest secrets, fears. And no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> how about where you're from, what position you play, and like we've done in the past, for those new to rugby, what that position's job is on the pitch? Um, yeah, well, so originally from South Africa, grew up up north in South Africa, came to the States in about 2015, uh, played for the Huns uh, here in Austin, and then I... Um, slotted over playing for the Austin Elite last year and then this year. Um, so started out actually fullback the same as Zinzan and then got a bit bigger and moved into the um, forward pack, which if you listened, it was the first um, numbers one to eight. And I play either six or seven, preferably six, which is a blindside flanker. Um, so to correlate that to NFL or to football, it's kind of a, a linebacker and a, a tight tight end. So just, yeah, basically run with the ball and tackle some people. <laughs> so what do you like as a player? How do you define kind of your playing style? You said you're a lot like a, a linebacker or a tight end. So obviously a little bit bigger than, you know, some of the others on the pitch. You know, you said blindside flanker. How does that define you as a player and the style that you play out there on the pitch? Um, well, we were actually killing, kidding earlier. Size really doesn't matter, but it does help a little bit in some, some aspects. Um, flanker is basically just you need to get um, from the scrum or something like that. You need to get off the line really quickly, make your tackle on the inside, um, the, either the 12 coming back in or the 10 or maybe inside ball. Um, so basically just tackling is very important with, with a flanker. Um, and blindside runs a bit more with the ball, um, more than your, your open side flank, I would say. So you say, yeah, obviously you're there. You're one of the first people to go tackle. You also do a lot of running with the ball. 
And I do see your playing style as someone who really is hard-nosed and rough out on the pitch. And for those of you listening, if you haven't seen the video of the previous encounter with Glendale, please go back and watch those highlights. And you will see Kyle absolutely run over one of the Raptors players. I think he may have knocked him back about five to 10 meters. Kyle, in any film session you had or re-watching the match, uh, what did you make of the run and the subsequent crowd reaction? And maybe what did your, uh, your teammates say about that run? <laughs> yeah, um, actually in the game, I don't know why, but after that happened, I looked out to the big screen and I saw it get played about three or four times. And the first time I was like, okay, wow, that was actually really cool. By the third or fourth time, I was like, okay, that's enough. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the teammates were really, like everyone told me, like that was a really good run. And it kind of just hypes everyone up if something like that happens. Right before, before that, uh, Rika Swat actually scored his try where he ran over a couple of people too. So, I mean, like that just, that just amps someone up to, to run over someone or make a bigger hit. Um, that's just my part, helping the team, helping us getting on, get on the front foot. Yeah, that's awesome. And I, I do love that, you know, that game against Glendale was probably one of the hardest hitting games I've seen, you know, in, in a while for Major League Rugby. And, you know, it's really great to see that, you know, both a, a hard running try and a hard hitting run um, were some of the biggest hits of the game and not necessarily somebody tackling the opposing player. So. You just had a week off and, you know, really, how's everything going for you? Do you feel rested up and ready for this coming weekend uh, against Glendale at Glendale? Um, yeah, Glendale at Glendale is always tough. Obviously, the altitude there is crazy. Um, just flying out there on a weekend and flying back. It's always going to be tough to go up there, the quality side. I feel like this week that we had off really helped the guys. Everyone came back on Monday, just fired up, ready to go for Glendale. Um, it kind of just, it, the first five games, it's, that's cut off now. The week off gave us time to reflect on us as, as people or us as rugby players, not necessarily having to think about rugby 24 seven. Um, and just coming back refreshed, legs feel really good. So I'm excited for this weekend. That's good. Obviously, we talked with Zinni last week and, you know, you, you guys did take some time off. You know, now you're back. You know, can you talk a little bit about what training's been like? You said you, you're amped up. The guys are ready. Um, you know, what's kind, of the, what's kind of the feeling going around this week? You know, a lot of positivity. Um, you know, what are some of the things you guys have been working on this week? Yeah, so this week was actually, it was actually a rough um, training session, Monday, Tuesday. Um, we worked on, on small things that we struggled with against in our first five games. So positive rocking, stuff like that, we struggled on and especially against San Diego Legion. Um, they tried and tried to get over every ball um, when we got tackled. So just that attacking player, just helping clean the rock, stuff like that. And then small stuff, just like a hands drill, um, long passes, short passes, just a little tip pass on the, um, in the forwards. So just very small detail, a lot of running this week just to flush out whatever we did uh, the previous week and then uh, to get our um, hands on the ball as much as possible because we had the week off. So this week's match will be the first away game that you've had all season. Are you, are you looking forward to a road game or, you know, what, what are your thoughts on that right now? Um, it's actually pretty weird. I quite like away games just because you kind of get out of your element. Um, so 
like our coaches have, have spoke a lot about the altitude's going to be tough up there. Um, but that's something I think everyone's played at altitude in our team. So we kind of know, know what to do. And like I said, I'm just always excited for a away game. You get to, to room with someone new and you're on a plane with 30 guys. So it's basically your plane. It's a private jet. Um, that makes it pretty fun. Okay, so the big question is, who's, who's your lucky roommate for this weekend then if, uh, if you're excited to room with new guys? Um, that is undisclosed. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I have no idea yet. We, we, we don't have roommates yet. <laughs> well, getting back to the game, I'd, I'd really like to know, and maybe it's more of what you guys have been working on in training, what do you think the three key focuses need to be for this week's game to really come out on top uh, when you travel to Glendale? Yeah, if you asked me this question two or three weeks ago, I would have said physicality. Um, like you said earlier, the, the game against Glendale was physical. So I would just say just finishing off. When, once we get into their half or their 22, we need to score points. We need to get out of there with points. So just finishing off small things like a, like a two on three or one on three where we just have to do hands, just pass and catch the ball. And then I really think like us as forwards has focused a lot on the set piece. Um, us at Glendale last, last time, we absolutely de demolished their scrums, which is a big focus this time. And now we just need to work on lineouts. If we can get every lineout and we can get every scrum, we give the ball to the backs and they just have to score. Kyle, we are really thankful for the time you've taken today to come out and visit and to talk to us you know, a little bit. Um, as with every interview, we have our special rapid fire question segment that I guess people are starting to fear, but, uh, we're going to take one minute to answer as many questions as possible. These questions are random. So are, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> nervous. Uh, nervous. No, no, don't, don't, don't be nervous. This will be fine. So, all right, let's start the countdown. Who is the strongest player on the team? Probably have to say Lerome White. What is your favorite food? Uh, sushi. Favorite thing about Austin? Uh, the green belt. If you're stranded on a desert island, which teammate do you want with you? Uh, Zunzan, probably. <laughs> Why is that? I uh, probably could make a fire and I'll get the food, so we'll be all good. <laughs> Boxers are brief. Boxers. <laughs> Who is your favorite superhero? Uh, Superman. Who is the hardest player on the team to tackle? Ooh, um, I'll probably say Peter Malcolm. Who's the easiest player on the team to tackle? Ben Mitchell. <laughs> uh, what is something about yourself that we might not know? Um, I'm a self-proclaimed chef. <laughs> and what's your favorite pregame meal? Uh, just a little toasted sandwich. Oh man, that was perfect. I should write on one minute there. Nice. <laughs> Hey, uh, you know, that's all the time we have for the rapid fire segment. Kyle, I really do thank you for joining us today. Uh, I, I just enjoy talking to you guys. I enjoy learning more about you. To close out, would you like to say anything to the fans, friends, or, or family that may be listening? Yeah, uh, just once again, thank you very much for having me on this. It's, I'm really excited for this, and this is really something that I think could build in the future. And then after that, um, just thank you to everyone for coming out in the cold. I know we haven't had great weather, not great rugby either. Um, just sticking around and keep supporting us.
Um, and then also just thank you for the Hans. Like that's where I started in Austin. That's what brought me over in the first place. Um, just shout out to them. And yeah, thank you. Keep listening. Yeah, Kyle, thanks much. We appreciate it. We'll see you out there at Glendale on Saturday night. Perfect. Thank you. That was the first in-person interview we've conducted, and I'm really happy that Kyle was so accommodating given the team schedule. Of course, as always, I am super grateful for the players joining our podcast to talk about the team and rugby in general. It's a great part of doing this podcast. All right, let's get right to it. It's time for your team news. This past week, the Elite had a bye week and got some well-deserved rest. I want to focus this week's team talk on statistics as it gives a better view into how the team is playing for all those data junkies like me. We enter week six of Major League Rugby, and we currently sit with just two points at the bottom of the table. When you look at team stats for Major League Rugby, it's easy to see where we're missing the mark and why we find ourselves where we do. The fact of the matter is, We actually don't score a lot of points. We have 78 total on the season, which is just above Houston and Utah. And we've given up a 130 points. That's a 52 point differential. Of course, this is obvious that we're not scoring a lot of points and we're giving up a lot because we haven't won one of the games yet. But if you take away the 28 point loss that we had to San Diego, We've only lost by an average of just six points in the other four matches. And that's one try. If you think about it, it's solid defense for the elite. But while we have solid defense, we make a lot of errors and commit more penalties than anyone in the league. We have a total of 58 penalties this year so far, and that's something that we really need to cut back on. So we're scoring, but we're not scoring in the way that we need to be in order to win matches. We've only scored seven tries all season, which is one and a half a game. You'll struggle to win games that way. No question about it. A bright spot is Timothy does have the lead with all penalty kick scores with 13 converted this year, but that's only 39 points, which means 50% of our scoring is by the boot and not by getting over the try line. Of course, There are more stats that we can look at and analyze until the cows come home. But the one stat that really stands out for me in the first five games is the scrum win percentage. And we've talked about it before on the podcast as an area we think is struggling. And it's evident that this is a major concern for the team, along with the try scored. Currently, we are last in our scrum win percentage at 76.3%. The league average is 89.5, which is 13% higher. Now, of course, Utah does bring the percentage down a little bit with a 76.6% win percentage. But if you take them out, the average win percentage for scrums is 91.4%. That's a huge difference between the league average and our win percentage. And it shows that our scrum has just not been up to par this season. Of course, this was evident front and center against the Legion where we got rolled over in the scrums. 
I hope that some of the stats that they see, and I hope that this week off has been good for the team and that they can refocus on some of these items. As we said, the team travels to Colorado on Saturday to take on the Raptors. Glendale is two wins, two losses, and one tie, coming off a home shutout win against Toronto in what looked like a blizzard and about seven inches of snow. We all know Glendale's a tough team, and their record may not be the best representation of their effectiveness. They're second in the league in tries scored, and the biggest standout stats for me are going to be their 44 line breaks and 55 broken tackles. If those numbers right there don't tell you how hard their team runs as a whole, I don't know what does. To make a small point on the impact of those numbers, the 44 line breaks are more than the second and third teams combined. What the line breaks and broken tackles do to an opponent is put the defense on the back foot. And that is not where anyone wants to be on defense. That's something the elite has been missing are those line breaks, and hopefully we can start to take the game to our opponents and get them on the back foot. The game Saturday kicks off at 8 p.m. on 9news.com. That's Glendale's local station broadcasting the game, so everyone around the world should have no problems watching it. Unless there's another massive blizzard, of course, but the good news is the weather looks to be about 39 degrees Fahrenheit and clear at kickoff. It's a good thing the weather in Austin this past week has been in the high 20s and low 30s to prepare the elite for those Arctic cold temperatures. In other team news, the elite have signed young Canadian winger Aiden McMullen from Rugby Canada. Aiden has national team experience and is a promising player. That's two signings for the elite in the past two weeks with another Canadian and bringing Mo on. I'm glad to see that some of these signings are finally getting through the process. I look forward to watching the Elite this week. I think the week off will serve the boys really well. I know that there's a lot of positivity coming out of camp through my discussions that we had with Kyle and the other team members. So let's tune in, cheer on the team, and let's hope that this week in Glendale that we can get our first W of the season. This has been your weekly team talk. a few quick notes on the supporters group activities and a few other things going on as i mentioned last week we'll be hosting a tailgate party at dell diamond for the match on the 16th if you're wanting to join us please join the supporters group page on facebook a link will be provided in the description we're also looking for someone to help us out with social media as we continue to grow if you're interested we'd love to talk to you there's a few of us that run it now but we sure do need some help Feel free to message us on our Facebook, Instagram, and soon-to-be Twitter account if you're up for the challenge. We're looking forward to talking to you. We're also looking hard to find regular home for our watch parties for the away games, but we have not confirmed one yet. I know it's tough and we're really trying, but uh, as we continue to grow the game here in Austin, we're just trying to find that one spot that wants to, to be our home away from home. If you're a listener and can help find a place or have a contact, please let us know. In other local rugby news, the Austin Huns welcome San Antonio to Martin Field this Saturday. Kickoff is at 3 p.m. and the field's located at 4107 Nixon Lane. Go out and support the local teams before catching the elite match later that night. 
That's all the time we have for this episode. As always, if you're looking for more podcasts about rugby, you can go check out the guys over at Earful of Dirt. Here they do a pretty good job. And if you're looking for great summaries of all things U.S. rugby, make sure you go out and check out djcoilrugby.com. That's all the time we have for... Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast for all the latest programs. Make sure you like and follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Just search for Austin Lee Rugby Supporters Group. Thanks for hanging out with me. My name is Dustin, and we'll see you on the pitch.